Hello guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your hosts, Caitlin. I'm three quarters of the hosts. That math does not add up. I may not know much, but I know that that math does not add up. What does that add up to, 125%? I think that's right. That's how much effort we give every single week. Yeah, Welcome to Paint the Town Dead, 125 baby. Not the number of episodes, that's the percentage that we that we do very good yeah you know how people say give a hundred percent and people are like give a hundred ten percent no one hundred twenty five percent a dollar twenty five of effort a dollar twenty five at least wow every single time i like your stance thank you i'm for it it's what i do yeah well hey andrew hey what's up hey it's good to see you is it yeah we're recording this a little late we're dancing on the deadline yeah because I'm me, of course, and procrastination is my middle name. Should be my first name, but I procrastinated. <laughs> Honestly, it'd be weird if I met somebody who was not a procrastinator of some sort. I don't think I've those people. I don't know them because they are they are in another stratosphere mm-hmm. of like society. Yeah. So I don't get to meet them anymore. Yeah. They've moved on. Yeah. It's like, oh, you procrastinate? Yes. You're a normal person, as far as I know. If I met somebody, who was like, I got that all done uh, weeks ago. Like. Okay. What's wrong with you? Like, uh, shouldn't you be like living in an airship or something? Like, what do you, you shouldn't, we shouldn't know each other. Are you an astronaut? What's happening here? And they're like, yeah, I, I was on the space station ISS for like a, a few years. Not a big deal. Don't even worry about it. I helped uh, get that rover up to Mars. That's what we do, you know. Dude, that thing is pretty cool. You know what John gave as a gift to his friends and family? A rover. It, well, he got their names on the rover that's up there right now. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that a great, great gift? This was before he and I knew each other. But he got all his, his friends and family, as I think it was like Christmas or gift or something. He got all their names on the rover. They're all they're all in space together. Did you see that picture of a, of a cloud? Of a cloud? No, I saw cl- the blue moon. Yeah, it was a cloud. Wait, I thought Mars didn't have an atmosphere. It has a thin atmosphere. Oh, okay, okay. But not much of one. So that's so exciting. I, I think clouds are pretty rare there. Whereas say like Venus clouds for days. Is Venus hot? Very hot. Cause okay. it, it's hot because we talked about this. And I've yeah. Venus is closer to the sun than we are. It is the second planet from the sun and also has a very thick it's noxious. Venus is our neighbor. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think it either it or Mars are the like closest in size to earth as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, Venus has like a very thick, noxious atmosphere and has like clouds of sulfuric acid it's gaseous yeah like is the, it a gas giant no huh. um it is rock oh. the soviets actually landed uh some craft on it before what happened to it did it like it, it disintegrate basically wow the pressure is also very intense so it was crushed where under the it, pressure where does it rain diamonds either neptune or uranus we we never remember and we okay that's why i was thinking neptune i think that's what we yeah. talked about venus is sulfuric acid rain ouch so the um the whatever craft that the soviets sent down there did not last very long but it was able to take some pictures that what, what did it look like i haven't seen them. have you seen the pictures of mars yeah it's like that but yellow Ooh. kind of that's what I it bet, sort of looks like i bet it smells bad probably it probably smells if, like farts yeah yeah probably <laughs> Because that's what sulfur. I mean, yeah. sulfur and methane and things like that. Yeah. So Venus uh, seems like a problem. A little hostile. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to Venus in Wolfenstein 2, and that's where you meet Hitler. And that's, 
In Venus? In space? Yeah, that's where he's moved to after the events of the first Wolfenstein. How about that? Yeah. Hmm. It's a pretty good game. Doesn't seem quite scientifically possible. None of that game is. It's really good, though. Oh, okay, cool. Especially the story. Oh, Wolfenstein? Yeah. And Hitler? Yeah. Okay. They still haven't made that third one where they're definitely going to have Mecha Hitler that you kill, because that's what you do in Wolfenstein games. What did you say? Mecha Hitler. Mecha? Yeah, as in mechanical Hitler. Because at the end of the original Wolfenstein 3D, you fight Hitler, and he's, his head is on a robot body. Hmm. Well, so he's like the Terminator, kind of. Kind of. So that's like the logical conclusion that the third game will have, I'm sure. Interesting. Can't wait. Okay. Well, what? on that note... <laughs> yes, please get us on track. <laughs> okay. Andrew, I'm doing the case this week. We're, we're getting back to our normal swing after our um, year anniversary debacle special. <laughs> debacle's a good way to describe it but i had fun and i don't care what anybody fun. thinks i still have a lot of those snacks left too so yeah we're getting back to the swing of thing we're, yes we're a couple of regular swingers let's get to it what is wrong with you okay um actually you added this case that we're going to talk about you better believe it you added it to the list Kaylin got mad at me because i knew what the case was already <laughs> you heard me listening to a video and you're like oh yeah that's what i thought and i was like no don't listen you're like I put it on there. <laughs> I, I read everything about it already. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you this case from my mouth. Well, actually, it's really mostly from... Oops. I'm sorry. I backtracked out of where I was going. Um, it's actually mostly from the mouth of Mara Leverett, um, who wrote this article for the Arkansas Times in July of 2007, which was a scary long time ago. Yeah, let's not think about that. Was that 14? It was 14 years ago. You know why I know that? It's because I got Jackson in 2007 and he's 14. Oh, I was going to say... That's when you graduated. High school, yes. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, No, I was going to say because uh, I can do math by seven really easily. That's weird. Because of football. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, seven, 14, 21, 28, 35, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, So pretty much... Almost exclusively, my information came from that article written in the Arkansas Times by Mara Leverett. Very good article. Very well written. Check it out. It's called, the article is called, I will tell you, So Open the Grave. Interesting. Uh, Hold on. (coughs) That's all staying in. (coughs) I I inhaled and then choked a little bit. Yeah. I like Hmm. to keep things in like that to embarrass Caitlin. I don't mind. I, I constantly embarrass myself every day. Yeah. Um, okay. So the case, let me tell you what it is. We're going to talk. This is episode 54. And today we're going to talk about Linda Edwards, which this case was very prominent in Arkansas history. And I've never heard of it. Like it was a big case and I can't believe I've never heard of it. So anyway, um, Linda, Linda Edwards, uh, her nickname was Catfish, which I love. So Linda Louise Ockert Edwards was 29 years old in March of 1976, which is when our story begins. She was a divorced mother of three. <clears throat> her oldest son had been born with Down syndrome, um, and he had been adopted by a family that could kind of better look after his needs. Um, this left six-year-old Toby and his four-year-old sister, Kim, uh, with their mom, Linda, and they all lived together in rooms rented in the home of Linda's friend, Mary Patterson. Um, so she was a single mom, you know, trying to make ends meet. <clears throat> and to do that, Linda had been working as a bartender at a few restaurants in the Hot Springs area. 
Um, and that is until she applied for a new job with the Garland County Sheriff's Department. And she would she was hired on as like a deputy. It said to work as a dispatcher. I don't know if she like worked her way up to a deputy or how that worked. But basically, it's never okay. She, if she worked her way up, she worked her way up very quickly because um, she was... When Garland County Sheriff Leon Barlow hired her on, he initially told her he'd give her a week's trial run. And he said he was super glad he did because she just did a, a dandy job is what he said. Yeah, I bet if anytime if I ever got a job and they were like, we're going to give you a week uh, trial, uh, I would never have those jobs because I'm a very <laughs> slow learner, and I feel okay. like. But uh, yeah, usually when if I worked there for a while, people are like, hey, you're one of the best workers. But yeah. It's like, takes me a bit to 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 get to I get that going from zero to sixty in uh four weeks instead of three seconds or whatever a car does. <laughs> I just want to make sure I get everything right, and I get yeah. sometimes I get overwhelmed with the details wanting to do everything right, and so it kind of slows me down, but once I get there, I'm fine <clears throat> sorry this 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 what are you doing? The saliva is still in my windpipe. oh my gosh, <clears throat> maybe we will cut some of this. I'm sorry, <laughs> okay. So, um, Linda had been attending Garland County Community College and was within one semester of graduating when she was hired on to the sheriff's department. She said that she just needed the steady income for herself and for her kids. And with her new job, she was hopeful for a better future for all of them. But about a month after she began her new job, Linda found out she was pregnant. And this was unexpected. Very unexpected. Yes. So, on August 21st, 1976, so we're going from March to August, we're skipping a few months, Linda finished her shift at work and headed back home to have dinner. And when she got home, she told Toby and Kim, her kids, that they would be going with Mary Patterson to see a movie. So, Linda drove her kids, Mary, and Mary's children to the theater, but she didn't go in. She left Mary with $15 for tickets, snacks, and fare for a cab home if Linda was late or did not show up to drive them home. Man, the value of a dollar. I know. I was like, $15? That's That's, it. That's the ticket a lot of times. Why don't you look? See what $15 is from 1976? Uh-huh. This reminds me of um, that congressman, just to get a little political sort of kind of, don't worry about it, don't freak out. Okay. Nobody freak out. Nope. Where he was like... Back in my day, I worked for $6 an hour and they're like, they're like, that's $24 an hour now. (laughs) Yeah. And you're fighting against 15. So maybe, maybe be quiet. Yeah. Maybe Shashola. What is it? Andrew, give us the number. I'm I'm working on it. No pressure. Okay. Um, so $15. You want to do 15? Okay. Yeah. From 1976 to now. That is... 69.34. Wow. So basically she gave him, gave her 70 bucks, which sounds about right. Yeah. At least the equivalent of 70 bucks, except, you know, wages have been stagnant since that era. So it's a little different. Yep. So, um, so when Mary asked Linda where she would be, Linda told Mary that she was going to see Thurman. Thurman, Thurman who? Who's Thurman? Tell me. You don't know. Okay. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I know. So when the movie had ended, Linda had not shown back up to the theater to pick up Mary and the kids. So they just grabbed a ride home. You know, she didn't think too much of it. But by 930 the next morning, Linda had still not returned home. And that was alarming. So a little afternoon, a friend, mutual friend of theirs, her and Mary, Sarah, reported Linda missing. And the search for Linda began. 
So later that same evening that she was reported missing, Linda's white Chevy Impala was discovered locked and abandoned beside Highway 290 near Fish Hatchery Road. Which I don't know where that's at, but it's in the Hot Springs area. The area around the car was searched for days. It was kind of a woodedy type area, uh, but no sign of Linda was found. However, investigators quickly focused in as a suspect on the person that Linda told Mary she was going to see. That's Thurman. Thurman Abernathy, the police lieutenant at the Hot Springs Police Department. So different department from her. She's with the Garland County Sheriff's Department. He's with the Hot Springs Police Department. Hot Springs is in Garland County. Right. <clears throat> they, they probably all know each other to some extent. Yeah. So we'll kind of kind of talk about that. So too. Like, they probably play softball games against each other. Mm, maybe they might. Or against the fire departments. I don't know. Or they might not like each other and not, might not want to be on teams together. Oh, the police, the sheriff's the department. The city and the county? Uh-huh. Weird. So let's talk about that. Are they like... In a minute. Okay. Okay. So when Garland County confronted Thurman and the Hot Springs Police Department, they fully expected the cooperation from another law enforcement agency, but they were met with some difficulties, which was according to the count of Leon Barlow. Remember the, the, the guy at... Sheriff's Department. Right. He, he hired on Linda. So others remember it differently, and they remember full cooperation with the Hot Springs Police Department. So who's to say? I don't know. But I'm kind of leaning more towards Leon's side. And according to Barlow, the Sheriff's Department was being kept at arm's length by the police department, the mayor, the police chief, and the municipal judge. So a lot of people in charge there that they're kind of being kept at bay about, you know, trying to uh, talk to Thurman Abernathy. Sounds like every movie where they're like, this is my jurisdiction now. Kind of. Um, or it was just one of theirs. Right. So. Um, I mean, that was the big deal that was happening over in the UK recently. What? Where the uh, the girl went missing and a police officer was suspected of it. And oh, no. Police were being less than helpful for a while until they found her body. And <gasps> now they've like arrested that guy finally. Hmm, interesting. So. um he Leon speculated that it was because they did not want to see one of their own be under scrutiny for a missing pregnant woman. Right. So, yeah. So with little cooperation from the hot Springs police department and the city, not long after Linda's car was found, Barlow request requested assistance from the Arkansas state police. He was like, well, if you guys aren't going to help me, I'm going to go to the top. And so they went to, he went to the Arkansas state police. So I wonder if also hot Springs mm-hmm. full of criminals. Of course. Should we treat it like the Australia of Arkansas? <laughs> Where I Australia mean, was like, we everybody makes fun of it, is like, oh, it's full of criminals because it was a penal colony. Maybe. Should we do that with Hot Springs, except we get to do 1920s gangster voices at them? Except uh, that's 1920 gangsters. They're a different class than petty criminals. Yeah, but Australia. they probably fathered a bunch of children down there. You think in so? In their time. Probably. Honestly. Right? Truly. Yeah. So. Le- legitimate or not. Right. So mm. we could we could just make fun of them for that. Maybe. In your face, Hot Springs. Take that. You're the Australia. Yeah, you see? What was that? <laughs> that was not Australia. I wasn't doing Australia. I was doing 1920s gangster. Oh. I'm a gangster, see? That's better. Yeah. I think of Janet Snakehole. <laughs> yeah, I'm that, Janet Snakehole, see? That works too. I'm Janet Snake. Anyway, that's from Parks and Rec. Um, so he requested assistance from the Arkansas State Police. But why the laser focus on Thurman Abernathy? Barlow said that a week before Linda disappeared... She confided in him that she was pregnant and who the father was. And I bet you can guess it. 
is Thurman Abernathy. How about that? How about that? I'm sorry, by the way. Who could have seen that? If you hear my phone go off, I'm on call, so I have to have my phone on. So, with the help of the Arkansas State Police, investigators descended on Abernathy's house, and they went through all of his possessions and conducted several interviews. Through the interviews, they found that Linda had shared details of her personal life with multiple people, all of whom gave the same account. And that was while she had been working as a bartender, Linda had an affair with Abernathy, who was married at the time. And they had called off the affair, so Linda stopped using a contraceptive. But in early 1976, Linda and Abernathy had hooked up again, which resulted in Linda's pregnancy, and the baby was due in December of 1976. Oh, interesting. So they met before she became a police person. Yes, that is correct. And they kind of called it off and then she kind of, you know, got back together and then she started working for the sheriff's department and then she found out she was pregnant. So yeah, a lot of stuff happened in there. So investigators also found that in July of 1976, Linda wrote a long letter to a friend, which you can find online and you can read it, which mostly dealt with her concerns of Abernathy and her pregnancy. In describing the night she told Abernathy about the pregnancy, she said, quote, that night wasn't too bad. I had realized before he'd be upset, so I was fairly flexible, like she expected it. But a few nights later, we really had a bout. He drew up his hand. I really thought that night I'd had it. He swung me around the kitchen several times. Of course, I was entirely unreasonable with him that night, and he was furious with me. He finally decided he wanted me to get an abortion. End quote. So investigators learned that Linda had scheduled an abortion, but then backed out. And when Abernathy found out, she said he was, quote, very mad, scared, and upset, which, you know, you can kind of see. As the pregnancy progressed, the fighting became more intense. And the Friday before Linda disappeared, one of Toby's teachers saw Linda in a blue car with a man, and they were both yelling at each other, which does not sound very good. No, it usually isn't. No. So on August 24th, I'm sorry, August 21st, Linda read in the morning paper that Abernathy had been promoted to lieutenant. Remember, this is the day she, her and Mary and the kids and all of them are supposed to go to the movie theater. So um, on August 21st, Linda read in the morning paper that Abernathy had been promoted to lieutenant and this infuriated Linda as she knew this meant a big race for him, but he was still refusing to help and still refusing to claim the pregnancy. So Linda told a friend she was going to go tell Abernathy he was getting a divorce and marrying her and going to give their baby his last name, or she was going to go see a lawyer on Monday and get her name changed to Abernathy. Um, what? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Th- that that, that part's a, a pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, I don't, That's I don't know about That's quite the that. gambit there. I don't know about that, but I mean, like, the more, I think, thing would be like, go tell his wife that you're knocked up with his baby. That would probably not go well for his relationship with his wife. No, but at the very least, he can try and get, you know, child support stuff or something. I wonder how they proved that back then. Can't do DNA. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe you just look at a picture and go like, well, look at it. It's I mean, the same. You, you might have. Um, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So her friend warned her to be careful that Abernathy might hurt her, but Linda was determined and convinced that he would not hurt her, and they made plans to meet up. Even though he had, like, hurt her before? Exactly, yes. That is, yeah. Yikers. Not, not good. So Abernathy was interviewed on August 27th, six days after Linda went missing. The interview was conducted by state police officials and in the presence of Hot Springs Police Chief, police chief Bob Griffith. 
Notes from the interview indicated that Abernathy refused to sign that he'd been advised of his rights. Why is he being difficult? Hmm. So during the interview, Abernathy admitted that he and Linda had agreed to meet up the night of her disappearance. According to him, they met at a gas station and the pair relocated to a parking lot behind the Baptist church across from Oaklawn, which Oaklawn is like a horse race place and you can gamble there. Yeah. I don't know if you could have gambled as much back then. I think they, I think they added in a bunch of the gambling stuff relatively recently. Well, you could at least gamble in the the, mob times. Well, that was just everywhere. Oh, those, those were, a lot of those were secret. And that, I only know that because I read about this weekend. Yeah, a lot, a lot of those were like not, they weren't, they, they weren't exactly legal necessarily. I think this was, the horse races I think were. Uh, probably Maybe. not this, not know. in the 70s, probably not. No, no, the horse the racing 20s. part was. In the 20s. Oh, in the 20s, yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff, uh, but yeah. Hot Springs is a shady place, but I kind of like it. It has like quite the history of shady places. But it's kind of cool. The only character I know of from Arkansas on King of the Hill is named Rooster, and he's from Hot Springs, and he's a sketchy character. Well, that sounds about right. I remember when they went to Hot Springs, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. it looks like Hot Springs. And the end of the episode is, they're like, we are never coming back to Hot Springs. <laughs> it, it, it's a trip, but I like it. Anywho, um, so he said that they talked for about 10 to 15 minutes about his work, his promotion, and the extra money the promotion would bring, and then just general topics, just chit-chatting. He also stated that Linda never mentioned him, that she was pregnant, and that she looked all right to him at that time, and he said he then drove away and left her parked in a lot behind the church, and he said that was the last time he saw her. Isn't that always a story? Isn't it always? We were going to meet up, and then we either didn't, or... Uh, I saw her, we she was totally, fine. We, yeah. It was totally cool, and yeah. then... I left, and who could say what happened? I don't know. But oddly, he said after he finished his rendezvous with Linda, he met with the patrol officer on duty and sent him home, which was around midnight, which was three hours early from his end of shift. And Abernathy did this because, quote, nothing was happening. So he said after he dismissed the officer early, he just continued his patrol alone He didn't talk to or run into anyone except when he bought a pack of cigarettes. So basically from the time he dismissed that patrol officer to when he clocked out of his shift, that was two hours and 13 minutes that were not accounted for. So something else he didn't normally do, he took his police car home with him that night. He said it was because the family vehicle was having trouble that day. So he brought his, his, uh, it's like an undercover police car. He brought it home with him. Oh. So, which was not something he normally did. Isn't that always how it is? Isn't that funny? Weird. So Abernathy was asked if Linda had put any pressure on him to leave his wife and marry her, to which he replied, quote, no more than normal, which is kind of a funny reply. When asked for more specific details about their conversations, he refused to discuss it or anything further. And then he was just kind of back to his uh, normal police duties after that. And he also refused a polygraph of any kind. And he was still just allowed to go back to work like nothing was happening. They should have put him on E-meter. What's that? It's from Scientology. Oh. We'll talk about it later, maybe. Oh, okay. So while he was being interviewed, Abernathy's police car was being combed. His police car was a 1973 Dodge Polaris that was blue. Blue, like the car. Oh, that, that was being yelled Toby's in. friend. Yeah, yeah. Toby's teacher, yeah. Um, But it appeared that the entire interior and exterior had been thoroughly cleaned recently. Extremely cleaned, it said. It said it looked like that there had been like a wet sponge or something that had rubbed a mirror and then like wiped it down. 
but not gone back and dried it so it was like smudged so you could tell it had been cleaned like really recently see that's how you know i committed a crime is if my car is ever you sparkly know. clean like <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it clean yeah. i'll vacuum it i'll yeah. wipe it down a little bit but if it's been like detailed done, had a once over I did something wrong. <laughs> Y'all better come get me. Exactly. And that's like what these people are like, okay, clearly you did something. You're covering it up. However, no fingerprints or anything else of any forensic notice or anything was collected or discovered. With no clues or other leads, Linda's family was just left with questions and heartbreak. Was she dead? Was she missing? Had she run away? And what involvement did Abernathy have in her disappearance? Like, clearly, something sketch. So with no answers, Linda's family was kind of forced to keep going on with their lives. Toby and Kim's father took the children to live with him, and he told them that their mother was on vacation. I mean, what do you what do you tell them? We yeah. think your mom's been murdered? Like, that's a hard subject. And Abernathy continued his work as an officer of the law. But Roy Ockert, Linda's brother, just couldn't get past that fact Abernathy was allowed to work with no repercussions. So he wrote the Hot Springs Civil Service Commission asking that because Abernathy refused to cooperate with the investigation and that he was a person of interest, that he be removed of his position. But nothing happened. Sheriff Barlow was also upset by Abernathy's and the Hot Springs Police Department's attitude towards the case. Very flippant, very non-cooperative. He wrote then-Governor David Pryor expressing concern of a cover-up by the police department for one of their officers. But still... Nothing happened. No repercussions. Nothing. That is until February of 1977, which was the next year, the following year. So in February of 1977, some hunters were in the deep woods near Malvern hunting for wolves, which I thought was weird. They had brought along with them some like specially trained like sniffing type dogs. And the dogs found more than just wolves when they stumbled upon the scattered skeletal remains of a human. So when investigators arrived at the scene, they collected some evidence, multiple rings and some items, items of clothing, but no ID or purse or anything like that was found. Also, if it was Linda, something that was missing was her police badge. And they suspected we found at the crime scene, but it was not. It was determined that this was a woman. And when it came to finally identifying the remains, they were, of course, that of Linda Edwards, who had been determined died of blunt force trauma to the head. Now, because of where the remains were found, this also changed the jurisdiction to Malvern, which is kind of in the Hot Springs area-ish. Um, so now the case goes to Malvern because this is somebody who has been, it appears, has been murdered. So with this discovery of Linda's remains, Abernathy was arrested and charged with capital murder in July of 1977, nearly a year after Linda went missing. So because he had now been arrested for the crime, he was suspended for, from the police department. They couldn't let him keep working because he'd been arrested. <clears throat> he immediately posted his $50,000 bond and got out. <laughs> so, however, the case against Abernathy was pretty much all circumstantial. There was no real physical evidence that linked him to Linda's death. No forensics, no eyewitness, no weapon, no confession, but the case proceeded. So Abernathy hired Little Rock attorney Jack Holt Jr., who argued that all the evidence the prosecution was bringing forward was just hearsay, so it could not be presented in the court, because apparently you can't present hearsay 
as like evidence, which makes right. sense. If you ever watch an episode <laughs> of Law and Order, that's one of the objection main things. They'll go like objection, your honor, hearsay, and they'll say sustained. I don't know what that means. Which part? Sustained. Sustained means the objection uh, happens. Mm-hmm. Means if you I object, and they say okay, yeah, I, you yeah, you yeah, did you're, it. You're right. The other one would be overruled. Like you're wrong. No, we're right. gonna keep going. Yes. Okay. Watch Law and Order once in a while. It's dun, dun. very realistic. You baby. remember when Michael Scott quoted yes. for his audition? He did an entire episode. Every part. I'm just a cleaning lady, <laughs> yeah. which is like every episode. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I know Law and Order. Dick Wolf. Do you? He's the <laughs> executive producer. Okay. That's neither here nor there. Okay. So in August of 1978, presiding judge Henry B. Means agreed with Holt ruling that most of the evidence that the state was bringing against Abernathy was inadmissible in court. The only hearsay type evidence deemed admissible was that Linda and Abernathy had planned to meet the night she went missing because most people had said it, he had said it, so it was admissible. The case was sent back to Hot Springs County where Malvern is, and the case took an interesting turn there. While it was on appeal, Linda's case passed to the new prosecuting attorney, Dan Harmon, who would later be sentenced to prison for running a drug operation from his office. Seems like a legit guy. Yeah. So, of course, you know that Harmon dropped the case against Abernathy, stating he would leave it up to a grand jury to decide whether new charges should be filed. And in March of 1979, Harmon announced that the grand jury had found the evidence insufficient and declined to indict Abernathy, which didn't mean that he wasn't guilty, but that there was not enough evidence to pursue a trial at that moment. But that didn't negate the fact that a trial could happen in the future if sufficient evidence came about. So if they had gone forward and he had been found not guilty, double jeopardy, you can't be charged. I think unless something crazy comes about, that's like, unless you have like compelling new evidence, right? Specifically new evidence. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Sort of like when you appeal something, you can't present new evidence on appeal. Oh, you can't? Nope. Didn't know that. Like if you're like, oh, we're going from the city court to the state court. And they're like, hey, it's check out this new case, stuff. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of dub- That's kind of good and bad, you know, like maybe he would have been prosecuted, but on appeal, would it have held up? I don't know. And also, I mean, I don't know. Anyway. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So with a lack of indictment, Abernathy requested he be reinstated as a police officer with the Hot Springs Police Department. He was unanimously granted his request from the Hot Springs Civil Service Commission. Remember, that's the one that What's-His-Face wrote and was like, I don't think he should be there. And yeah. they were like, no, you're wrong. Shut up. So he they unanimous, unanimously granted him his request to come back to the Hot Springs Police Department. So he was paid $14,664 of back wages when he returned. However, the day he returned, he was demoted to sergeant for, quote, conduct unbecoming of a police officer. With that, Abernathy resigned. <laughs> so, I mean, talk about an ego. So 45 years have gone by since Linda's disappearance and murder. 42 since Abernathy had charges dropped against him. There have been some happenings in her case since then. So in 2000, Toby, who was 30 at the time and had kids of his own, requested his mother's files from from the state police so that he could look at them because some of his other family had, you know, in the past. But he was denied access to them as this was still, quote, an open and active case. 
In 2004, he requested her body be exhumed for DNA collection because DNA had come such a long way. And so he was hopeful that this could be a break in her case. Um, This request had to be drawn up and requested by Garland County prosecuting attorney Eddie Easley. And Toby was told that this would take a few months and he was ready to be patient. But by 2007, there was no word from Easley on the process and he would not return calls and messages from Toby and Kim as to what what the holdup was. So a few months turned into three years turned into I'm ignoring you. So cool. Now in November of 2019, however, so that's what 12 years later after the 2007, after this article was written, In November of 2019, it was announced that plans were finally underway to exhume Linda's body to hopefully collect DNA evidence and breathe new life into her case. This case is 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 almost half a century old and there's still I mean, it's just it's on the brink there. It's on the cusp. I think they probably had the right guy. They just needed the evidence and maybe forensics has come far enough. So it's kind of exciting. The sad part, kind of, Abernathy, now in his 80s, suffers from dementia, and he leaves his wife to, sp- life, wife to speak for him. So it's like... So it probably wouldn't even be able to get him into trial for realsies. No. This happened with... Um, uh, there was a wrestler who committed a murder, mm-hmm. Jimmy Snuka. Mm-hmm. And... CTE? Was, huh? CTE problems? He had something yeah. like where he was like basically on his deathbed when they finally were like, okay, we're going to charge him. And they're like, well, I guess we can't because he's about to die. And then he died. So well, it's like, even if you can still, even if he can't come to trial, like, I think we have the answer. If only we can bring it together, you know, and right. have that conclusion for, for Toby and Kim and, and Linda's family. So Toby has been the biggest advocate for his mother, never giving up hope or letting up pressure to get her case solved. And not only did he and Kim lose their mother the night she was murdered, they also lost a sibling because don't forget, Linda was practically five months pregnant. That's, that's a baby right there. When you see a five month old fetus, it looks like a, it looks like a straight up baby, just a tiny one. So they lost a sibling that night as well. And engraved on Linda's headstone is part of a poem she wrote. And I'm going to read to you the full poem. It says, are you held by the past? Oh, let it go. Let it go into a total nothingness. And instead, let there flow the joy of the presence, the presence of God that so enfolds you. It brings all you can possibly know of health, of abundance, of peace. Thus, you grow into the fullness of being. The past is done. Let it go. Let God's goodness, his truth from now on be all that you know. And I thought that was very nice. And that's the case of Linda Edwards. Absolutely tragic. I mean, that was really, really sad. But even to this day, I mean, Toby is still fighting for his mom. So it's, It's, I mean. It's frustrating if, if, assuming it is Abernathy, which it probably is. It's all right there. It's so close. my, My official statement is, it's probably that guy. Yeah. It, we still won't get like real justice out of it just no. because of how much time he was able to spend free. And yes. then now he, he has in his real mind. Right. Um, similar one. I checked on the name just to make sure I was going to get uh-huh. it right. Uh, the case of Bridget Sellers where yeah, her yeah. killer died of cancer the day before he was going to be charged. Uh, yes. Like they had him and it was like, well, too bad. I'm going to die instead. It's from just cancer. so close. And if only they had had, something just that one 
the one strand of hair, the one speck of blood, and they had had DNA evidence. Or like an eyewitness. Or who, something. Who was like hanging out at the Baptist church and was like, they didn't leave separately or something like that. Just something. If they had just had something, something forensically, just a little minute thing that could tie it all together. Some dogs are barking. That was a dog barking. Was it my dog? I think it was your dogs. They're fine. It's fine. That was weird. It probably didn't even pick up on the mics. That was weird. They don't normally bark like that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's just, it's, if, if they could have just had that one scrap, that one little tiny bit of forensics, that could have blown it. That could have blown it out of the water. And maybe, you know what? Maybe it wasn't Abernathy. Maybe it was somebody else. But to me, I mean. Yeah, we could conceivably with potentially with DNA evidence or something, prove that it wasn't that guy. Yeah, but... It probably was. Who knows? Who knows? We can say whatever we want about him. He has dementia. That's not nice. (laughs) He's not going to know or remember. (laughs) What's he going to do about it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, pretty much all of that 100% almost came from Marl Everett's uh, article. Also from uh, Fox 16 News, who did a report on um, the plans to exhume... Linda's body, which I haven't found an update since then if they found anything or if they actually got around to it because not long after that COVID reared its ugly head. So yeah. And also, I mean, I know DNA stuff is a lot quicker now, but there's still the possibility that it's like, it's part of the backlog. Could be. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very much a, uh, not a priority I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you look at it and you go, well, the prime suspect suspect is, uh, not of his right mind at this point. So it, it almost feels pointless, but I don't think it is pointless. I think answers matter. Agreed. I agree. It's, it's like when people are like, why would you bother correcting a person on whether the earth is flat or not? It's like, because it's important that the truth gets out there. Yeah. We can't let the crazies dictate the narrative here. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So, there you go. That's the case. Well, that's as always, it was a bummer. Yep. <laughs> Wouldn't be, wouldn't be, we wouldn't have this title if it was all rainbows and butterflies. Maybe we should make a new podcast. Called Rainbows and Butterflies? Called uh, something, something hilarious or pun based that doesn't sound bad. I'll think of it later. Okay. I'm not good on my feet on this. Okay. Okay. Me neither. All right. Well, what what you been up to? What you been looking at? What's been happening? Tell me. I've been doing a lot of cleaning and reorganizing in my house because it's... Boy, howdy have you. You showed me some pictures. Yeah, it's kind of a mess, but I got to make it more of a mess to unmess it right now. So that's what I'm doing these days. Yes, you do. Um, So that's been kind of fun just because... And also I'm like, wow, this area is really clean. Don't look at the rest of the area <laughs> where I put everything that was in this area. You just get, you'll get to it when you get to it. That's yeah. all. Just Basically just one step at a time. The, yeah, it's the process of you got to you gotta tear it down to rebuild it because it, the foundation's bad. That's <laughs> or something. That's right. Know. You heard it. Yeah. Oh, well. But yep. so I've been, that's kind of been my main thing I've been doing as far as like things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Trying to think of what I've been doing. Not much. Working, probably. A lot of work. All the time, only. Um, But it is my birthday this weekend, and it's my days off. So that turned out really well. Yes. Also, you got your couch finally. I got my big girl couch that I ordered in October. I don't even... Did we talk about the the whole rigmarole? I don't know. Okay. Well, real quick, in case we did, I'll go through it real quick. 
I came over and uh, John was like, we're getting the couch to tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, yeah, right. As a joke. <laughs> and then turns out, no, it wasn't going it wasn't the next day. Joke. It was like a few days later. Well, it would have been the next day, except for they were like, we're going to call you with your delivery time because it's going to be here. So we'll call you the day before with your delivery time. And they I was didn't like, even call cool. you. No, you I called call them. them. Yeah. And it was like eight o'clock at night. And I was like, I was supposed to get a call about, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Your delivery time is between 730 and 930. And I was like, AM? And they were like, no, no, PM. And I was like, astounded like floored i was like i'm in bed by eight o'clock i have to wake up at four and i was on call that night i was like that is absolutely ridiculous and the only thing they could do was change my delivery date and i was like are you this is furniture row by the way if you want to know furniture row just and put them on blast i am because that is 7 30 to not what if i had children like what if I had taken time off work to have it delivered during the day? Because you had to be there for it. So what if I had taken time off work to have a couch delivered? And they're like, oh, it's between 730 and 930. And I wouldn't even, I mean, if I hadn't called, I wouldn't have even found out. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Amazon won't even drop stuff off of your door after 8 p.m. So I, I was, I mean, 930? Flabbergasted. 930? No way! I'm not moving a couch into my house at 9.30 at night. I could be living a life of like waking up at 1 p.m. every day and I'd still be like, what? What are you doing? Yeah. What? That's crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. So, I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm very animated about this because it's very frustrating. So, yeah, I was like, that's not going to work. And well, we can change your delivery date. And I was so ticked. So, they sent me the thing and they're like, how... In a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend this to somebody else? I said two. I mean, I like my couch, but I waited like six months for it and it has stains on it too. And you were going to deliver it at 930 at night. She's like, well, there's a chance it could come early. I was like, there's also a chance it could come late. I'm not staying up till midnight waiting for a couch. I was, I was so ticked. So furniture row. Don't recommend it. Yeah. Got him. Got him. This is what podcasts are for. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. That's that's about all I've been up to. Uh, I, I got know. I got some, um, I got a new lamp, which I was excited to get today. And when you came here, you saw John frustratedly trying to put it together. And it's like this. It's like eh, just a yeah. little bit off where it leans just a little bit. So got to return that, which is frustrating. And then I've got a table coming in and a new rug and it's just getting all homey. Did you like the couch? You sat on it. Did yeah, it seemed good. It's certainly better than what you had before. That's for dang yeah, sure. That's very true. The the one thing I do like about this couch is that it is comfortable. It's very large. And I designed it. I picked out how it was laid out and the fabric of the couch and the fabric of the pillows. Well, that explains why it took so long. Why? Custom stuff takes longer. Six months? I don't know. I don't make couches. Yeah, I don't think it should have taken that long. And, well, there's also COVID stuff probably. And don't deliver it with stains at 9.30 at night. There's still co- Get out. COVID stuff probably has delayed everything in the world. Actually, I know that's why it did actually. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, what was it? I ordered, oh, I ordered a new uh, surge protector and an HDMI splitter recently. Uh-huh. And they were like. From Amazon? Yeah. And they were like, hey, this will arrive on Saturday or whatever, or Monday. And it arrived on like saturday i was like whoa whoa what happened what did happen that's pretty wild also 
to put somebody on blast. Well, I don't know if it's penny, but I ordered a poster for my favorite band in December. Death Cab? Yep. They had these these limited time in their defense, it was not them, the band, or their usual like product company. They did they collaborated with some other person who created these limited edition poster things. Anyways, it was really cool. I was super excited. I still haven't gotten it. It's almost April. And I ordered it December 17th. My dad and I had a similar thing where um, Sporting Kansas City, the soccer team, Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. had limited edition versions of their uh, black Argyle jerseys. Cool. They were like this huge deal. People were like, wow, that's the coolest jersey ever because it was. Mm -hmm. And basically my dad ordered one for me for Christmas and it did not arrive until like March or April of that next year or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like... Okay, I get it. They're like, they said, we will have your um, poster shipped out in late January, then early February. Then they're like, early February, then February, late February. Like, we're going to get it. No, that was it. That was last. I haven't heard. And I sent in, sorry, an email. I will tell you. I sent an email in checking on the status of my stuff. Is it just a poster? Or is there? Yes. Okay. It's just a poster. I sent it to Live Nation, Live Nation merchandise. You suck. Uh, Because I sent in three weeks ago, I sent in a thing just like, hey, this is my order number. I'm just checking on it. Like I haven't heard anything. It was supposed to send out in early February and I haven't heard anything since. And I still haven't heard anything. They're like, please excuse our delay. It could take a week. It's been three weeks and nobody's gotten back to me. So you suck, Live Nation yeah, I don't know. I, there's Caitlin is on blast today. The, yeah, the pandemic has ruined a lot of stuff as far as shipping. Not just like the shipping stuff. It's okay in general, if you just like, get back to me. Like, I, I yeah. it's fine. I'll wait longer if you just give me an update. And you work from home to send these update emails to answer customer stuff. You work from home for that. Yeah, there's no reason why I shouldn't have gotten a response. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like stuff like. Uh, like the PS fives, they're they're like yeah that that stuff's not going to get any better anytime soon because the supply line is so jacked right up. up. Yeah, there's there's such a shortage of not just for PS fives but for anything tech related like chips of all sorts are all kind oh, of really in a in in high demand and short supply right now. Wow, really? Yeah, hmm. in part because of the pandemic and stuff. Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, so that's well, a yeah. poster does not have any. Of no, that. It, I I would think. Printing some stuff on of special paper is not going to take as long. I don't know. And they were limited edition. So there was four posters of four different colors. And they were only had a limited amount. So it's not like you had an insane amount. You could literally control how much you allowed for a pre-order. So... I mean, that's the whole point of a pre-order. Yeah. You're supposed to determine how much you need beforehand. Well, and it kind of was a pre-order. They never released it for like... I mean, you had to special order it. And it's not like released, release, and it won't be. I mean, it's only a limited time, limited edition thing. But it's like, dude, come on. Yeah, you know. But anyway, I'm I'm off now. I'm I'm done. Okay. Okay. I feel better. Um, Thanks, everybody. I don't know what you what you've been looking at this week. First of all, how many Star Warses have I been looking at? Zero. It is zero again. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, hmm. I'm I'm more obsessed with a different thing right now. Let's talk about that. Okay. I'm excited. I like this, <laughs> and I think people who listen to this podcast are probably on the same wavelength. So 
Let's go. Possibly. So I finished that Leah Remini book, which I, I, I liked it for the most part. Um, I didn't like any of the parts where she's like, Hollywood, this is what it's like, which is fortunately like 2% of the book. It's, oh, good. It's 98% the Scientology stuff. Good. Um, been watching her show, uh, Scientology in the Aftermath or whatever it's called, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is on Netflix. And I started listening to the audiobook for Going Clear. It's more Scientology stuff. <laughs> You're down the hole. This is what I'm doing now. Um, so I've listened to, I listen, let's see. I've basically had two full days of being able to like listen to it because there's one day I was busy and doing something. I couldn't listen to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to about seven hours of it so far. There's 10 more hours to go. It's a long one. Wow. Um, it, it, you may have heard of Going Clear. There was like an HBO documentary called that. I think it's HBO. There's a documentary called Going Clear. It's about Scientology. It's based on this book. Hmm. Uh, I haven't watched it. But so I'm listening to it. I just got through basically like most of the, the first six hours basically are all about L. Ron Hubbard mm. and what a weirdo he was. Mm-hmm. He's He is fascinating, but also terrible. Like, he has a lot of crazy stories, but also a lot of his crazy stories are obviously fake. Yeah. Um, like, he talks about all the times he got, like, he was on a ship during World War II, and it got sunk, and uh, he, he was, like, him and five other people survived, and it's like, well, that never happened. Mm-mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but my favorite is when he was on a ship during mm-hmm. World War II, he was on a submarine, and he was a sonar tech, which uh, sonar is how you find stuff you while you're the, underwater. You yeah. ping the, the sound back. And off the coast of Oregon, uh, him and the other sonar guy were like, oh, man, there's a Japanese sub here. And so they get get into this big fight with this Japanese sub. And it goes on for like 68 hours. They're fighting this Japanese sub. Uh, turns out there was no sub of any sort. It was like this weird magnetic anomaly that's known to be in that area. So they spent 68 hours fighting nothing. Wow. <laughs> so good job, Elron. Oh. Uh, the official stance of the church of scientology is that they fought something and they sunk something there so what was it i guess they're saying it was japanese sub or whatever to make him sound cooler best one is when he ordered them to start attacking a japanese island fun fact that island was not owned by the japanese it was a mexican island oh my gosh so they just shelled this mexican island for no reason oh my gosh so he was really bad at his job Um, doesn't sound like a great guy no, that's like, that's not even the worst part. That's like incompetence. There's all the other stuff about him that's like a, a really bad guy. Tell me. I want to know. Oh, just how he's like abusive to people. Um, he stole Jack Parsons' girlfriend. Jack <laughs> Parsons was a rocket scientist slash occult man. He mm-hmm. was a weirdo. He's he's his own person you need to read about. Oh, gosh. Um, he's wild. Uh, there's... He cheated on his wife like a thousand times and he got married while he was still married to his first wife to like a different lady and then that and he beat her like he was abusive physically and stuff and beat her. I think he forced her to get abortions or something like there's all kinds of crazy oh my stuff. Gosh. There's so much stuff that I'm like already forgetting in my brain because it was so much just like hitting my brain I'm like that's wild. I've already forgotten because there's more wild stuff it's happening. so awful. Uh yeah, and I'm I'm continuing to learn more and more. Um, e-meters that I mentioned mm-hmm. that that's basically like a Scientology lie detector, but it's garbage nonsense. No, tell um, me. They use it to determine whether you're like, if your your body is clear of bad stuff or whatever it is. What? I forget what they call it. You know what this sounds like to me? Uh, what Mormonism? Uh, I mean, it is a cult. 
<laughs> is Mormonism a cult? Who's to say? Uh, we're not going to touch that anymore. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot fewer Scientologists in the world. I, there, can, I can fight them more there, easily. There is some TikTok accounts. You make fun of me because I'm on TikTok. Is it like ex-Mormon stuff? Yes. I see it, a lot of that on Reddit. It is fascinating because... You know, Mormons are very secretive about what goes on inside their temple. Yep. And and they sure are. You know why? Because it's a bunch of hubble, hullabaloo. I mean, it's... They also have way more money than you would think. A the, lot. That's like the, the heads point. of Mormonism. That's like yeah. the point. to get Kind of like Scientology. That's what the Mormon... Um, what's that documentary I watch? Murder Amongst mm. the Mormons? Yeah. That's... I mean, it's... Just watch it. It's wild. Yeah. Sci- the Scientology stuff is crazy, especially because of... Um, for one, it, they they like to use a lot of cool names for things and initials for things. What is this? In what? Scientology? In Scientology, uh-huh. specifically. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction author, so he is all about that stuff. Right. They'll, like, they'll be like, we're going to do Operation Freakout, which is the one where um, and a journalist had said mean things about them. So they tried to ruin her life and tried to drive her to suicide and tried to frame her for sending bomb threats to the FBI. What the heck? And they almost succeeded. How did they not? Um, she took a polygraph and the prosecutors, and eventually they were able to figure out like, oh, she didn't do it. And then one day the FBI raided Scientology offices and found documents where they found that plan. What? Um, there's also Operation Snow White, where they, which eventually led to them getting tax-free um, under Status IRS. or whatever, because yeah. they're religion. Yeah, I got to see like part of the promo video on that Leah Remini show mm-hmm. where David Miscavige is like, the war is over! And it's ridiculous. Which one's he? Who's David Miscavige? He's the head of Scientology these days. Still? Yep. And his wife is missing. His wife, nobody's seen her in public anyway. Yeah, but they're assured that she's totally fine. Yeah, like they said, oh, she doesn't want to be found. Uh, okay. Yeah. Seems very, legit. Very sketchy. Listen, we have a murder, a murder podcast. We know. <laughs> Odds are she's, she does want to be found and she's also dead. She's either dead or she's off at one of their like weird compounds doing, being forced. Sorry. Yeah, being held against into her will, physical basically. labor and yeah. being brainwashed and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's all, oh, like there's the stuff about like they believe in reincarnation. They mm-hmm. also treat children as adults because, uh, because the, the they're reincarnated. Yeah, the spirit is the, it's the same. Um, um, let me also, tell the most you, boring part. I want to tell you the most boring part about Scientology. Tell me. We're talking about a religion in which uh, it is about a galactic confederation. Uh, like that's part of the religion. Mm-hmm. A galactic confederation exists. Uh, an evil overlord named Xenu what? Uh, killed all the Thetans and sent their spirits into volcanoes. And the Thetans, uh, their spirits are what live inside of us. Anyway, the most boring part is that L. Ron Hubbard described their society as just looking like 1950s America. Boring. Lame. <laughs> Racist. I thought you were a writer, <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. You're going to write a society where it's like, people just dress like they did in the 50s. Lame. They're out in space and doing weird stuff. So and why don't all the um, Scientologists dress like they're in the 50s? I mean, a lot of them dress like weird Navy people from the 50s. Oh, really? The, the whole Sea Org thing. Except one of the if main you're pi- famous. Yeah, yeah. One of the main pictures you ever see of David Miscavige is him dressed up like he's a fancy Navy admiral. What the heck? Like I'm not even lying. Is it? What did he ever serve in a branch of the armed forces? No, but he was a part of the Sea Org. He was one of the heads of it, which is not a branch of the armed services. No, yeah. unless you're a Scientologist and you think they're 
out changing the world, save, saving the world even. They're cruising on a Because you got to go clear or whatever it is. And once you go clear onto the bridge, as they call it, and you go into your operating Thetan levels and all this right. other stuff. That is wild. But you know what? <sighs> Not to disparage anybody's beliefs or... Um, Let's disparage. Well, hold on. Okay. Not to disparage anybody anybody's beliefs or anything, but... If you grow up in a certain religion, it's what you know. It's what you're taught. Yeah, definitely. It's, and so to you, it's totally normal. And it's it to you, it makes sense. From the outside looking in, it's absolute insanity, cuckoo nonsense. I mean, absolute. But you could say that about a lot of religions. I mean, yeah, almost but, every one of them. But Scientology, I think, goes... The thing... It, for one, it goes out of its way to put its members to, into to debt. To control and to control you. Yes. Debt. Yeah, that's a way of control through debt. Yeah. They they charge you tons and tons of money. And then yes. when you're like, oh, I don't have enough money, they're like, you can find the money. You can you take can a loan. You can leverage like, your... they do stuff yeah, like that. Yes. Yes. And that is cult, a cult tactic. They... they, they uh, that's what Nexium, the that sex cult thing with yeah. What's-His-Face, that's what they did. It was... You took these like almost like business-y type classes and you start off on a lower level and it's cheaper. But the higher up you go... You know, you want to attain that high level, but it gets more expensive. And they're like, well, you can just take out, you know, whatever mortgage, take a second mortgage out on your house. No, yeah, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Do not let anybody tell you. That is terrible advice. This is advice corner. Sorry, I ripped right now. Don't join a cult. If you think it might be a cult, consult with somebody who's sane and they will let you know. Somebody on the outside. Yes. Because somebody on the inside is going to be like, oh, no, it's not a cult. Yeah. Yeah. But then if they're trying to make you go in debt, leave. Bye. No, they do not have your best interest in mind. Right. So get out. Flee. They're the ones with tax-free status. They're the ones building all these fancy buildings with nobody in them all the time. They've got the money already. Exactly. They don't need your money. You mean you mean nothing to them. You're just money. You are just yeah. a feeder cow. They, the, the parishioners, as they call them. They're, that's what the regular people are. Oh, call weird. them parishioners. This is weird. They, all, they have all their like weird names. A um, person who is against the church is a suppressive person or an SP. Um, oh. Operating Thetans, that's o, they just call them OTs. OT, OT level seven or whatever. Uh, you have your tonal system. You got E-meters. This, this reminds me of um, Heaven's Gate a little bit too, which was a cult. Well, it's smarter than Heaven's Gate because instead of killing themselves, they just keep making more money. Yeah, but that wasn't the point of... of, of right, they, I, so. I think they were less uh, less nefarious e- on purpose Yes, in a lot of ways. They were yes. just cuckoo crazy pants. Yes, that, yes, exactly. And the people... Uh, the, also, the, Scientology, thing. The, the whole thing with Scientology as well is like even people outside of it, like they harassed and like had PIs follow like IRS agents and stuff. Why? To try and harass them so that they would eventually give in and give them tax-free status, which they eventually got. Don't, Terrorism works, apparently. Don't do it. Well, it worked. Wow. That's, they said so in that Star Trek episode, too. What Star Trek episode? Episode Star Trek The Next Generation. Or was it the old one? I forget. Um, but they call say, out Scientology? I think it's Next Generation. Not Scientology, but just Terrorism Works. Uh-huh. And they give like fake examples. And then one of the examples was like, and then Ireland became united in... 2020 something it's like well that deadline's coming up soon guys is it yeah that episode was banned in the uk because it i think that was during the troubles as they called the ira stuff yeah yeah um yeah it would be yep 
So yeah, that, and, and again, they give they give names to all this stuff. Um, they there was a guy named uh, David Minton. David Minton. They talk about him in the Le- Leah Remini episode, mm-hmm. one of the episodes, mm-hmm. where um, basically this girl who was under Scientology and was clearly like having a psychotic break of some sort. Yeah, and went to a hospital, and then Scientologists came and got her to leave. And she eventually died. And oh my gosh. They formed this uh, Linda McPherson Trust where they, it was like basically raised money for that stuff. And the Scientologists harassed them until they abandoned it. And they continued to harass and try and ruin the life of one of the guys who was a part of that. And until he committed suicide, like it's bad time. Wow. Like they are actively like going out and try- straight up terroristic bullies. They, they have a thing called the fair game doctrine, which is where they are allowed to under their doctrine, under L. Ron Hubbard's leadership, uh, his, whatever his words were that they can do anything that will like protect the church. You can lie, cheat, steal, harass, whatever, hmm. as long as it, uh, will help the church of Scientology. In that, in the pursuit of like the thing. stopping people against them, when, stopping the SPs. When you are a child, you are taught right from wrong, and there are certain things that are clearly right and clearly wrong. Well, here's the thing, though: if you grew up as a child in Scientology, you're right and wrong. What is ultimately right is anything that is in favor of Scientology. Huh. So whether you are willing to good do, or bad. yeah. So it's an ends justify the means sort of deal. Yeah. That's that's what's happening there. Do they educate their children within the church? Uh, not really. Education, regular education, is not important to them. Actually, really, Be, is not. Oh, as important. so you want stupid followers? Yeah, probably. Yeah, but according to them, it is it is more important, far more important to know the words of L. Ron Hubbard than to get like a formal education, knowing algebra or whatever. See, and that's another way of controlling somebody is that yeah. you don't. They're not educated. They are blind. They're uneducated and a lot of times poor because they give yes. giving money. Yeah. Or they join like the Sea Org, um, where they're out at sea doing whatever bullcrap. Yeah. Or sometimes they're doing like they're making them do like physical labor yes. and like electrical labor and stuff. And it's like these are not people trained to do that. Like they have a guy on there who lost an eye as a kid because it was like I wasn't trained to be able to do construction. Oh my gosh. And you make like fifty dollars a month or something crazy like that so then you you can't go anywhere you don't have any money you don't have any savings once you get out and they sign billion year contracts as well which is ridiculous because you're going to come back in your spirit so you're still stuck with us they do keep files on people after they die for like 20 something years i think Mm -hmm. for when they come back that's weird they've also built a bunch of houses for l ron hubbard for when he comes back oh that's nice they've built like five mansions for him and they're empty of course. Most Scientology buildings are basically empty. Why? Because it's to look like they're doing stuff. Oh. Like they they have these massive, beautiful buildings and it's like, look at what we're doing. We're, we've got all of these followers. That's how, all this money and that's from all of you. So give us more money so we can keep doing this. Sounds like uh, but, a, but, sounds like a mega church. Yeah. Like Joel Osteen. Except like international and like they have celebrity centers in like Paris and Los Angeles and uh, Clearwater, Florida is like their big headquarters. Is it really? Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Go to downtown Clearwater next time and oh check out how much is Scientology and how much of those buildings are nothing. What? There's like, Can they you look, go into them? Probably not. Probably some of them, they're like, hey, come on in. Put your hands on the E-meter. Let's see what's going on. 
But for the most part, if you look in, it's just like there's nothing in there's stuff in there, but there's no people. There's not actually anything happening. Weird. Which is kind of like goes along with like Scientology claims to have like millions or whatever of uh, followers, parishioners, but realistically, it's way less. Yeah. They just count everybody who has ever like ended up on a mailing list on accident, basically. Ooh. So. What it's if a, I? What it's if a I, bad place. Also, there's lots of abuse that goes on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a cult, of course crazy amounts of abuse how has this not been shut down yet well now they got so much freaking money it's makes it even harder there's also like uh when you get that tax-free status like there's there's extra laws for like labor when it comes to like religious pursuits Mm -hmm. so like you know you can make kids do stuff in church or whatever without paying them Mm -hmm. because it's a church thing whatever Right, right and so they they abuse that the hell out of that as part of their like loophole for like this is why we only pay like two dollars they just don't sound like very fun people at a party no they're not fun at all in lots of ways yeah in like every way possible they sound like a bunch like it's bad yeah i encourage you all to just stay away from people that want to take your money that tell you that lying cheating stealing hurting harassing and you don't get to know that stuff a lot of that stuff until you're in it yeah D- don't. until you've bought in what's really weird though to me is hearing how many people get out of it because not because they fundamentally think scientology is bad they just think that the people running the church these days are bad so they're like lrh yeehaw let's go all his words all the things he said all the the literature whatever it is that the religious technology as they call it Mm-hmm. which is a fun thing mm-hmm. the tech mm-hmm. they uh a lot of them still like yeah it's like a fundamental part of my life i still believe in that but david miscavige and all the other people running the church they're bad people and i don't want to be a part of that which is kind of interesting in its own way i guess hmm. but don't don't join a cult also like especially if if they're saying the the secrets of salvation but you gotta give us money to get to it yeah that's a scam yeah. don't go for that, it that's like i was listening to a podcast uh it was a true crime podcast and there's a guy who's like there's a reward for like you know a tip leading to the arrest of somebody or, or the discovery of somebody a missing person or something he's like hey i've got the tip for you but i need the money first <laughs> and they were like that's not how it works but they were desperate and finally they're like He's like, no, I can tell you exactly where this person is and what happened to him. I just need the money first. And so finally, they're like, okay, here's the money. He's like, yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, what did you expect? But yeah, the, nothing up front like that when it's no. a sketchy, random person. You know, I will say my naive self, I was going to have my cabinets uh, redone. And the guy, I was like, well, I was like, well, what if I pay you half now and half later? He's like, I'm going to stop you there. He said, don't ever offer that to anybody ever again. And he, I was like, oh. And he was like, you don't pay until the job is done because somebody can take your money. And I was like, I trust you. Do my cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't because it was really expensive. Yeah. But anyways, there's a little tidbit for you. Don't ever pay until the job is done. And also make sure you know who these people are. Like find other people who have. Like worked with them or something. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Get 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 some references. Always good to have references. Yeah. And don't don't join Scientology. It's a bad group. Yeah. Um, and even 
I don't think I've talked about it much, but on that Leah Remini show, uh-huh. there's there's a co-host basically. His name is Mike Rinder, uh-huh. and he used to be like a high-ranking executive in Scientology, and he got out. Uh-huh. So he knows a ton of that stuff. And when people are like, Scientology says we didn't do this, he's like, No, they did. I was a part of that. We did that. I helped do that. I helped harass that guy until he killed himself. Wow. So bad times. Yeah, it's a bad bad scene. And when you're in a cult. It's hard to get out. That they deliberately make it that way. I mean, yeah. it's like, hey, come work at a work at Gold Camp or whatever the flip it's called. It's isolated from everybody else, yes. and there's a barbed wire fence. Yeah, and if you get out, the only other people who come around here are probably Scientologists. Because why else would you? And we'll just take you on back and then punish you. Yeah, that's yeah. happened. Yeah, like there's stories about that. They're like, yeah, I got out, and then the only person who found me was a Scientologist, and they drove me right back. And it's like, I mean. If somebody's trying to suppress you with, you know, making you exhausted by working all the time, that's a form of mind control. And then, I mean, or like, isolating you. Yes, isolation. There's a story in there about mind in, control and going clear, where a kid got in trouble for something, and so they isolated him basically where the anchor is kept on the ship what? and just left him there <gasps> by himself. Oh my gosh, that's abuse. That's child abuse. It sure is. Let me. They also have a fun thing called overboarding, where if you uh, need to be disciplined on the ship, they'll throw you overboard. That that's not sounds safe. dangerous. They do it from the lower decks now. The first time they did it was from about four stories up. Did someone die? I don't think he died. I think he was fine. They if you but that's bad. If you are interested, there is a podcast called Heaven's Gate, and it is all about Heaven's Gate, and it talks about mind control and or, and, and yeah tactics of cults and stuff but as far as cults go honestly to be honest heaven's gate was pretty benign pretty chill pretty benign they just did they some just weird like, things it, they wore the they same shoes yeah they, they wanted to go hang out on a comet you know then and they were happy to that that was their belief and was they it? all did it willingly and they were allowed to leave but still they, don't yeah i mean don't join a cult but I, there was another podcast I listened to that was like Maybe it was about Jim Jones. I think it was about Jim Jones. Uh, and if you search all of these on, um, I think, last podcast on the left, if you're willing to listen to the obnoxiousness and the vulgarity that they bring, <laughs> uh-huh. they're only on Spotify, which is frustrating. I haven't listened to them forever yes, because yes, of that. Yeah. But they done, they've done good series on um, Joseph Smith of Mormonism, yes. L. Ron Hubbard here of Scientology, Heaven's Gate. Um, they've done a good one on... Jim Jones as well. Mm-hmm. Like they've done really good stuff on all of those. If you can find a good documentary, um, I just wish I can remember what it was called, but it was just something that talked about this is what how they how they do mind control. They there is there is it's how they get you. There is literally um, I'm trying to remember what um, company has it, but there is a podcast called Colts, and it talks about you guessed it cults and they do talk about jim jones they talk about a bunch of other ones in each episode they're very they're kind of analytical about it and straightforward with the facts and they just talk about this is a form of of manipulation and mind control how they suppress you and control you and it it's pretty it's like oh wow yeah i didn't know about that losing sleep uh depriving you of food depriving you of communication with the outside world yep and- isolation that's a big part of Scientology. The suppressive person, the SP. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody who is, or even if they were a part of Scientology and they leave, they can be considered an SP. And the people within have to disconnect. So, like when people leave Scientology, 
a lot of people won't leave Scientology fully because they know like their their family, their mm-hmm. like parents or children, whoever are suddenly not going to associate with them ever again. And that is a f- and, and that that'll keep that them, happens with yeah. cults all the time. People that are in the cult, you are cut off. If your whole family's in it, you're cut off. Yeah. Like, and you have to make that choice. Uh, Mike Rinder from the Scientology show I was talking about. Yeah. he did, When he left, he was disconnected. He wasn't able to see his son when he was dying of cancer. Oh, my God. So. That's really sad. Yeah. Oh, my. That's, that's how tough a decision it is to leave. Yes. That, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to see my son again, even if he's dying of a disease. I was, I'm not going to be able to be at his bedside or something. Wow. I was actually watching, um, you can say that ultra-Orthodox Jews, um, which are like, they're very, I was watching this video about this guy who left being an an ultra-Orthodox Jew, and he literally said, there is a right way to wake up in the morning, and there is a wrong way. And he said, he he eventually became a rabbi in, in a regular Jewish church, and he said, the God of this Jewish and my Orthodox God are two different entities. He's saying that this is the God that I know, like of, you know, the regular Jewish, whatever. This is the God I know and that who's a real God. The other one is a vengeful, vindictive. There is a right way to put on your shoe. And I mean, it's crazy. I mean, and so even that you can say, and if you, he said, I had to make a decision to leave and I had to leave my kids behind with my, with his wife at the time. And he said, now I was cut off. And now he's kind of reformed a relationship with some of his family and with his kids. He can talk to his kids now. But it's still like, that's a that's a tough choice. Yeah, that's that's not something somebody can do easily. No. And the same, and again, that even goes back to financially. Because yeah. you're making zero dollars unless you're in the that's upper how, echelons of Scientology. That's how they keep you in. No money. If you're, if you're David Miscavige or one of the like big executives of Scientology, you're making bank. But if you're working in the Sea Org, you're making nothing and you're, you don't know anybody outside the Sea Org or Scientology and all yeah. that. I was trying to look up. There are, there are help groups um, for people leaving cults because it is a deprogramming thing. You, have to, you literally have to reroute your mind because you have been brainwashed. Whether or not you believe it or not, there is brainwashing and people control you through abuse and through these tactics. They control your mind. You even see it at like a smaller scale with like abused women yes, and stuff. I was just thinking that 100%. It's the same tactics and abuse one, a singular abuser, abuser will use against their abusee. Yeah. That's like a much smaller version of it. Like less, less people involved, less making bank, but listen it to is the, still, listen to this. This is from dare to doubt, um, dot org. It helps you detach from harmful belief systems and it, uh, not cults, but other, not even just cults, other, other things as well. But this is interesting. I just read it just now. Um, it kind of defined what a cult was. And then this list is not a diagnostic tool is only meant to help you analyze for yourself, whether you may have cause for concern based on common pattern found in cultic groups. These are the bullet points for it. Does your group show unquestioning commitment to its leader alive or dead? Are doubts and questions discouraged or punished? Are and my- that is in Scientology. Yes. If you doubt or question... You don't believe. No, it's not just that you don't believe. It means there's something wrong with you. It means you've done something wrong, mm-hmm. and that doubt is manifesting because of the wrong thing that you did. Interesting. Yeah. Same thing if, if you get sick, it is because yes. you have done something wrong. Yes. It is, your body is manifesting this as punishment to yourself. That's like... I can't remember what it's called, but I did. I watched... It was a TikTok about this girl 
who left an ultra Christian. Um, I think it's kind of the same thing that the Duggars are involved with. If you've ever seen 19 kids and counting or whatever, it's the same echelon of what the Duggars are involved with. And she was saying the same thing. They're homeschool. They're taught from the women are taught discouraged from going to college. They're given basic education, but they're taught in things like piano, sewing, mothering, cooking, things like that. Um, wearing no makeup, keeping your hair long. Do they do the jean skirt thing? Not necessarily. Okay. I was just wondering. No, but they do dress modest. They can wear. Um, I knew a lot of uh, Pentecostals, right. which is a similar thing as far as like. I mean, I don't know what the Duggars do necessarily. Yeah. But they're Pentecostals, some kind of Baptist. Pentecostals, the women don't cut their hair. Right. Um, so a lot of them, I'm going to make fun of them for a second. Mm. They know I make fun of them for this. I knew a bunch. <laughs> but sometimes they do their hair in a weird way. And it looks like they have the, the hair helmet from Fly of the Concords, where Brett was making a hel- bike helmet that had oh, hair on yeah. it. So oh, it looked yeah. like it was just his hair. And it was like, your hair is too much. It's too much going on there. <laughs> and then they also don't wear makeup and they don't wear pants. They wear skirts exclusively. Right. So you'll see a lot of the jean skirts, which don't seem that much more comfortable, but I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. Uh, anyway. Continue on. Uh, okay. Are mind altering techniques such as meditation, chanting, speaking in tongues, and sleep deprivation or overworking used in excess, which unwittingly or not often serve to suppress doubts about the group and its leadership? Overworking and go back to the beginning of that. Um, there was something else. Meditation, chanting, speaking okay. in tongues. Meditation. They do something like that in Scientology. I forget the name of it now. But uh, Leah Remini talks about it a bunch in her book mm-hmm. where basically um, you can't let the outside world. Con- control you so like uh there's a whole thing of where you train to just sit and not react to anything like somebody will be like hey f you you're a dumb dumb hoe or whatever Mm -hmm. and you just have to be like blank like this does not affect me in any way Mm -hmm. that's kind of a meditation-ish type thing does the leadership dictate how members should think act and feel how they should dress where they should live and whom they should marry yeah, that's Scientology. Does the group feel they're on a special mission to save humanity? That's Scientology. Do that's they the see, whole thing. Do they see their leader as a special being or an avatar? Um, yeah, because they say he's coming back and yep. he's got to have five houses to live in. Does the group have an us versus them mentality? You better believe it. We're, you and me, we're, we're SPs right now, baby. We are. Does the leadership induce feelings of shame or guilt in order to influence yes. or control members? Yes. Again, oh. that's the whole, if something, if you have doubts, if you are right. feeling wrong, is because of something wrong you did. Yep. Often this is op- often this is done through peer pressure and subtle forms of persuasion. Yes. Again, that's a lot of the disconnection stuff. Also, uh, Leah Remini talked about uh, she had some issue with Scientology and like anytime, like the whole auditing process they were going through, because uh-huh. that's what they call it. Uh-huh. Um, they were like, and what did and why why did that happen? What what are you doing wrong that made that happen? Like and just constantly for hours at her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um does the group require members to cut ties with family and friends or to radically alter the personal goals and activities members had before they joined? Yes. Yep. Is the group preoccupied with bringing in new members and or making money? Making money, baby. Do you fear backlash to yourself or others if you leave or even consider leaving the yep. group? If you answer yes to some of these questions, it does not automatically mean you're in a cult. What about all of them? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's Scientology. We acknowledge the subjectivity of words like excessive and radical. What's considered excessive, one person may seem like not enough to someone else. Trust yourself. What's true for others does not have to be true for you. However, if you answer yes to all of them. That almost sounds like a L. Ron Hubbard quote. He says something that was like, if it is not true for you, then it is not true. Like that's an L. Ron Hubbard quote. Weird, right? 
Where are you at? Scientology.com slash join. (laughs) No, don't do it. So anyways, those five tips for leaving a cult, cult recovery. Wow. This is a great website. If any of our listeners are in a cult. Also, if you're in, and here's another thing in Scientology, you're encouraged to not use the internet. Yep. Because they don't want you looking at stuff that might be anti-Scientologist. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I feel like we've said this a lot lately and I don't know why, but don't join a cult. (laughs) Uh, why have we, uh, probably because I started reading all the Scientology stuff lately. Yes. That's probably part of it. I think you might be right. And also you did the Nexium stuff. Yeah. I read, I was listening to documentary. Yeah. So, so that's probably why it's just been on our mind lately. And, and really cults are fascinating. I mean, it's just like, how do you get to that point? Yeah. You know, they no. I know how you get to that point because they purposefully just just feed on people that have self-doubt or are looking for fulfillment in life and haven't found it and they're like let me tell you about my belief yeah people want to be a part of something especially yes, if something it's, big and it, meaningful yeah it's i think um i think it's well i think the thing i was reading about alcoholics anonymous once uh-huh. was like part of the not steps but part of the like process for like getting clean or whatever was like a belief in something more greater than you. Yeah. Not necessarily like a religious thing, but just like something that is more than just you, something that you can believe in. Yeah. It, like it could be anything, but like it does like it doesn't have to be like I'm a Christian now. It it could be something else. It doesn't even have to be religious. Yeah. Because people want to belong to a group yeah. of some sort. Yeah. So, um Oh, another tactic I That's just about. natural, despite weirdos who are like, Oh, people shouldn't society blah 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 it's not natural it's like it's the most natural humans are social creatures yeah it's how society formed in the first place in a lot of ways yeah we're Uh, we're not lizards you weirdos but another some people are maybe another tactic i thought of was something that nexium labeled love bombing well i don't know if they labeled it but it is a tactic called love bombing yeah i can say that's not nexium exclusive no it is a tactic called love bombing it's where scientologists use this yeah i'm pretty sure where you go in and you're a visitor and they just bombard you with making you feel welcome and love because oh my gosh you've been looking for this place of acceptance and these people understand you and you can be a part of them yep and so that's love bombing yeah that's pretty don't fall for it yeah scientologists definitely do that it's a whole thing you know they actually was listening to something they talk they i was listening to a another murder show another murder podcast and that's something that abusers do it's called it's love bombing they abuse you and then well you, the relationship starts out it's great they're the greatest person you've ever met they're so sweet to you they're so attentive they care about you so much and then their true colors start to show and you know and then they become abusive but and then you know they've hit you they've 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 cut they've crossed the line they've hit you then they come back baby i'm so sorry I, I, I didn't mean to do that. I don't deserve you. Please, I love you so much. Blah, blah, blah. That's love bombing. So yeah. don't fall for it. It's okay to have boundaries. It, yeah. It's okay to say no. Just look at the earth. There's tons of boundaries everywhere. Yeah. There, there's borders and everything. Yeah. There's don't oceans. Listen to the, don't you listen can't to those, swim across an ocean. Don't listen to those doctors without borders. There's some borders. <laughs> we need them for certain things. That's right. Not saying build a wall. I'm just saying we have borders. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyways, all right. I think, but I think you all get the drift. Yeah, I'm listening to a 17 hour book, so I'm gonna be. Yeah. Uh, this is gonna be in my brain forever. I'm gonna watch that documentary once I finish it. See cool. if it, see how different it is. Yeah, let me know. Let us know. I think let it, us all I know. I think it's on HBO. It it was a big deal when it came out. I remember. I it's called remember. Going Clear. 
I don't remember it. Weird. There's anyway. other Scientology stuff out there. There's a, I think there's a Hulu movie about Scientology. Maybe I'll check that out at some point. Yeah. I don't know. I bet it's all pretty close to the same. Right. So this is this is just what I'm doing now. Sorry, you don't get to hear about Grand Admiral Thrawn anymore. You get to hear about <laughs> or Xenu. Wa- or WandaVision because it's all out right yeah. now. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Or maybe we'll talk about Justice League. Um Ugh. Because it's going to be four flipping hours long, Ooh. the Snyder Cut. Eey. I don't know if I can put up with four hours yeah. of Zack Snyder garbage. I, I don't know about all that. Which originally the movie was supposed to be two movies. So I guess four hours makes that kind of checks out. It would have been two two-hour movies. Yeah. If you look back at what the original DC slate was when they were going into uh, Batman v Superman, it's just depressing because it's like, we're going to do Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman. And then Justice League. And then we're going to do a Flash movie and a Cyborg movie. And then that Batman movie with Ben Affleck. And we were going to do just two Justice League movies, actually. And we're going to bring back Green Lantern for a movie, for a different movie. And then we're going to do a Martian Manhunter. And it's like, none of that has happened at all. Mm. It's all gone so sideways. It's because Marvel was like, nah, this is our show, bro. Well, it's because DC didn't bother to make good movies. Also that. They made Man of Steel, which was kind of good, some of it. I do like Henry Cavill. Um, I has, liked, I like the Wonder Woman movies. I thought they both were pretty good. I still haven't seen the second one. The first one was good though. Yeah, I, I liked those. Um, I, Aquaman, I, it was. I'm bad. looking forward to Zack Snyder seeing if he can top himself because in Man of Steel he made what I thought was the dumbest scene ever, which is the tornado well, scene. Martha. Well, in Man of Steel he did the tornado scene. Which one's that? It's the one where um, Pa Kent dies in a tornado. That, oh yeah. That Clark could have easily gone and dealt with. And not even looked like Superman when he did it. Yeah. But Jonathan Kent was an idiot, I guess. And was like, no, I'm going to go die for this dog instead. One of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen in my life. The dog was worth it. Then Batman v Superman comes out and he tops it with the Martha scene. The Martha. What did you say? (laughs) What did you say? So I'm hoping Justice League has something that somehow tops the Martha scene in being the dumbest thing possible that Zack Snyder could have come up with. Mm. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. He already had Joker saying, we live in a society <laughs> in the freaking first, that last trailer. This is so dumb. Just, just don't expect too much. Okay. I'm just glad that it is on streaming so I can pause it and take breaks because it is four hours long Titanic. again. It's like watching Titanic. Oh my gosh. When you were a kid. Yeah. And you had on to- two VHSs. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. And you had to get up and go switch out the VHS. Yeah, maybe I there'll be like that. an intermission on the movie. Even it'll be like, "Hey, Gone with the Wind" was also two VHSs. Gone with the Wind was too long. I, my parents were watching it on TV once, and You're it was like, like in the middle of the day, and I left and like went and hung out with my friends around the neighborhood, throwing rocks in the creek or whatever we were doing, <laughs> riding bikes, playing video games at their house, and I came back after dark, and that freaking movie was still going. Yep, it's a long one. Unbelievable. It's a, doo- it's a doozy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what else is ridiculous? Scientology, David Miscavige, Tom Cruise. Lena Remini's uh, thoughts on Tom Cruise are pretty interesting. I, she does not care for him. I, I think a lot of people in Hollywood and, don't. And she thinks he's a real weirdo. Like she says she went over for dinner at his house and he wanted to play hide and seek. And all, there's all kinds of weird. She has some weird stories about Nicole him. Nicole Kidman, it's time for you to tell your story. I would love her and Katie Holmes. I need them Yes, out Katie there. Holmes. Yes. Forgot, he, she's more recent than Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yep, I need both of them to go ahead and come forward. They won't though. They're probably because they're probably scared of Scientology because exactly. they're they're going to send PIs and follow them around and try and harass them until they commit suicide. They won't talk about it. It's because it, it's a bad time. 
they treat people horribly. That's so bad. Yeah, it really is. Don't treat anybody bad. Okay. Yeah, follow, Let that be a life lesson. Follow whatever it was Michael Scott said, where he's like, don't do anything to anybody, anywhere, for any reason, <laughs> whatsoever, yeah. no matter what, yeah, whatever, whatever the whole spiel was. You heard it. You heard it from Michael Scott. It's true. Okay. I think, that, I think we have to wrap it up. I think so, too. All right. Guys, thanks for sticking with us, talking about um, a tragic case and then more tragic stuff called Colts. Um, but hey, we drop episodes every Tuesday. Um, you can catch us on Facebook at Paint the Town Dead. You can catch us on Instagram at Paint the Town Dead, all one word. You can email us at pttdpod, pttdpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at pttdpod. Um, please be sure to subscribe on anything you can. Rate five stars on anything you can. Like anything. Share stuff, especially share stuff. Um, anything and any interaction you have uh, really helps us out. We super greatly appreciate it. Um, like I said, we drop episodes every Tuesday unless I get called in. I'm sick. Uh, what else? What else was it? Uh, uh, the plane thing. Yeah. I get, I get caught on a plane. Um, pretty much it's all me so far. I can't wait for it to be Andrew. It's Never like, will be. <laughs> um, but Hey guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. You make this possible and we really appreciate it. Um, so we'll see you next week with a brand new episode. And uh, as they would say in Scientology, get blown.